Welcome to Kush Chat. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Kush Chat with your host, Keon Torres. Joe Biden is finally the president of the United States. And Donald Trump is gone. Anyway, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in each and every Thursday for Kush Chat. We have an amazing guest for you this week. She is an actress. She is a producer. And she is a singer. And before we get to this interview, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. Tell the world who you are and what you do. I'm Johanna Grisset. I'm the actress, singer, producer, and I'm starting a new podcast called Johanna's Artbeat. I live in Brooklyn, New York City. Awesome. So tell me more about your podcast. It's brand new. Uh, Friends like you as well um, have inspired me with their podcasts. um, And I really wanted to give it a go. It's going to be about the arts, you know, from my perspective as an actor. Going to be doing things like reviewing movies, TV shows, books, really just whatever it, you know, turns into. I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants a little bit. (laughs) Awesome. But, But I'm excited about it. And I think it could be really fun and interesting. So. Yeah, ain't it crazy how much, like, podcasts have, like, blew up during the pandemic, and it's just, like, everybody's, like, doing one now. It's, like, you know, it's awesome. No, it is cool, and I figured it would be much more complicated to do, but actually, I mean, it it definitely takes time. I'm not saying it doesn't take preparation, but I didn't think I'd be able to do it, like, at home. I figured I'd need a whole studio or something, so. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. You know, it's funny, like, I've been a fan of podcasts, like, since fucking middle school. And oh, wow. yeah, exactly. And it's just like I used to like listen to this like wrestling podcast. It was like the most ran- like it was like nobody famous. It was just like random three dudes just talking shit about wrestling. And I was like, I was so into it. I'm like, wow, like but how they structured it and all that, like putting music. Normally radio it has like a DJ yeah, or like a radio host like Howard Stern. But um, but it's interesting, like podcasts are just like a whole different formula compared to like radio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's awesome. So let's talk about how we first met. We met during the Black Lives Matter protest over the summer of 2020 through our mutual friend, JP, friend of the show, two-time guest. (laughs) Uh, And I got to say, you were one gangster white woman saying fuck the police with us, which was amazing. And I have to ask, what made you decide to protest and march with us? Sorry, thank you for making me laugh. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm not that tough. I just have strong beliefs. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I just uh, I, I get, you know, I get really passionate about things I care about. I personally, you know, over the summer with the pandemic and everything, I'd heard, you know, people starting to protest. And, you know, I protested for things like, you know, environmental stuff, like, you know, to help raise awareness for climate change and stuff. But never really, I mean, I might have gone to one Lives Matter protest a long time ago, but hadn't been super involved. And obviously I was upset, just like everybody else, what was happening. And I had my one of my friends actually had posted online about how she had gone to protest and how they were just beating people. Mm-hmm. And the white person, she stood like in front of them, the cops who were trying to, you know, beat people. And that's when they, you know, put their batons down so you could see the racism in action. Um, and I just, it just broke my heart and it made me so upset. I'm like, you know, my friends out there fighting and standing up for this. And these are my fellow New Yorkers. I, I, I have to, I felt like I had to be out there to, to support and to, you know, stand up for my friends and say, this is enough is enough. Um, so yeah, I, I would just say, cause I wanted my voice to be heard and I want to, you know, I wanted to support people and get out there. And like I said, I also, I guess, bear witness because, you know, if cops are really doing this, this is our city. You can't do that to our city and our people, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's just, you know, not only here in New York, but this is like really happening like nationwide. And it's Absolutely. just, yeah. yeah, it's just sad. And, you know, hopefully, you know, 
this could stop. What do you think, you know, us as Americans or what do you think like the government overall should do to stop like to stop police brutality? Um, I mean, I think I don't I definitely don't have all the answers. I do think that we need to give less money to police. That's something that was really, <laughs> was really shocking to me. I didn't really like I learned a lot this summer, too. Like I learned um, how much money, at least in New York, that we, it's like billions of dollars to the police. And it's like it's it's ridiculous when then you've got like uh, people in healthcare who didn't have pandemic, you know, PPE and yep. up so much money. It's I think that's a huge part of the problem. At least the cops that I saw, you know, interacting in these protests, they were just so angry. And they had, you know, riot gear and everything. And it's just, just wasn't necessary to have all that and the amount. And I've even, I recently I was, I was online for, um, um, to get a COVID test. And I overheard somebody talking about how his friend's a cop racks up all this overtime. So he just waits in his car at night. And a lot of times, even before this, I'd seen cops just kind of like hanging out doing nothing. Like in the subway stations, they'll be waiting for someone to jump a turnstile. Yeah, instead of finding that like a real actual crime that's happening, like someone getting raped or like abused or murdered, like, you know, they don't pay attention to all that. They, you know, they don't like take their time to like, you know, find like the real criminals, but they always pick on somebody they know they can like go at. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I think less money would be good. I do think from what I've seen too, like police unions are a problem. Yep. Um, I also was pretty because I did, um, even though I was lucky enough to not be physically hurt, you know, there were people who were physically hurt during these protests, all kinds of people. And I did, um, you could testify before the AG and it was via, it's virtual, it was virtual. So I waited and testified to what I had seen at one of the protests. And it was just shocking how even to the AG, they like lie, tried to lie and say, we were never invited. I don't remember the exact situation, but they tried lying to her, which is really tough, our AG in New York. Um, mm. And it's just, it's it's amazing how, or I don't know if you heard this, the Shake Shack story about the cops who said they were poisoned or something. And they, oh it yeah, turned out it was all BS. It's just amazing to me how easily they lie rather than trying to correct a problem in their own institution. So I don't like to go to your question. I don't know the whole answers, but I do think, I also think um, cops should like at least know or live for some amount of time in the neighborhoods that they police. Cause I think some cops I've heard are brought in from other States or other cities and they might yeah. know the neighborhood. And I think that probably could be a problem. I, I don't know. No, that's absolutely a problem. And like most definitely if you're coming from another state, get to know your community, get yeah. to know the people and, you know, get to know like after school programs and all that. Just don't be like a fucking prick and just come in yeah. thinking you are like fucking high and almighty and all that. And I think they tend to, at least in this country, it's all um, obviously, you know, I mean, it's it's all like, let's shoot first and ask questions later. It shouldn't be always that shouldn't be the first instinct they have. I think they're trained to just like be trigger happy. And of course, there's some I'm sure there are some people who go into the force wanting to do good. But I think there's also people who go and they're excited because they're going to get a gun and they're going to get to be powerful. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It can go like either way, you know, yeah. hopefully, you know, within this new year, like a lot of things change. And, you know, we have like a new president elect and hopefully he does something about it along with the vice president elect. So I'm really excited to see which direction this country is going. And like you said, um, climate change is like also like a real thing as well. And that's something we really have to pay attention to. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So tell me about your upbringings. Where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in Long Island. Um, not super exciting. Uh, Nassau County. <laughs> um I lived there until I was 17, and then my parents moved us, so after I finished high school, to Florida. Um, 
And I lived there up until about like two and a half or so years ago. I wanted to live in the city, you know, you know, saved up to um, to come back and live in Brooklyn. You know, I looked, you know, obviously I couldn't really afford Manhattan or, you know, I thought about Williamsburg and stuff. It's very expensive though. So I moved to a different part of Brooklyn because um, I wanted to be able to pursue acting more full time. So that's kind of, that's kind of my story pretty much. I worked at like some typical nine to five. I did a lot of legal work. And eventually I was able to have enough to, to come here and do that, you know, kind of sort of on pause now, but it's, you know, coming back a little bit, the industry, but yeah, I guess that would be my main story is I grew up in Long Island. Definitely better than Jersey. That's, well, well, yeah, it's, it's no, it's not that bad. And it was nice that, um, you know, being close enough to the city, you know, we weren't right in the city, but it was nice that I was able to still like take the LIR to, into the city. Cause I always love going into the city. It's one of my favorite things. So sweet. So tell me more about acting. What got you into acting and what have you worked on? Sure. Um, well, I I feel like I don't know the exact time I started, but I do remember like maybe when I was like a teen, maybe 13 or something. I don't remember the exact age. My parents, I think, sent me maybe some summer camp or something. And I just remember like performing some little play or skit on a stage and just being like, this is so cool. Um, and, uh, I think for a while when I was younger, it was more like, I'm going to be famous and I'm going to show the kids who were mean to me (laughs) what I can do. But, you know, I think as I got older, I just, there's just something about inhabiting a character, whether it's on stage or, and, uh, I tried, you know, working the legal field well, but nothing satisfies me like acting. Um, and what I've, what I've been in, um, I've done, um, in a film or TV show that I just, there's nothing else like it to me. Um, I definitely tried other careers, um, like when I was in college, my liberal major, excuse me, was liberal arts. In Florida, I've done a lot of productions before I moved to New York. Um, I did, right before I came, like, or about a few months before I came, I did, um, I produced and started in a production of Proof through an acting studio um, in Florida called Andy Matheny Acting Studio. So that was really fun. And I just did one, like uh, three nights of the show. And mm. Yeah. And then here in New York, I mean, I've, I've done a lot of like background work. I did, um, was in an episode of Mysteries at the Museum <laughs> and I played like a reenactment part. I was Katarina, which is based on this real life girl who back in the 1600s in Germany, she was basically like an original Kardashian. Like she swallowed frogs and threw them up for attention. Wow. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. sounds insane. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was really fun though. It was low pay. It was like, you know, but it was a fun indie thing to do. Um, I did, uh, like core background work on plot against America, which is really fun. Um, and then I've done like some theater, you know, when theater was still going on. Um, I did an off, off Broadway production of love letters made easy. It's kind of like a variety, different, like love vignettes. And I assistant directed that as well. So a bunch of things. Oh, and I did do, well, it's not acting, but I did. My friend uh, has a band, Jimmy and the Band, and I got to perform with them. Not this past October, but the one before and like their their Halloween show. So that was really cool. No, that sounds really cool. That definitely sounds really cool. Do you prefer like self-taste or in-person auditions? Um, I think it's a mix. In general, I prefer in, in person. I really, especially at least before the pandemic, it was always like, well, you want me to send you a tape when I could just come to your office in New York, which I was like, you'll get to see the whole version of me rather than just a tape. Um, I think it's super convenient, though, if you're, you know, if you're busy or if you're in a different state. Like, I wish self-tapes was, was bigger, um, especially in commercials when I lived in Florida. 
So, I mean, it's, it's good in some ways, but I, I, I like being able to have that in-person interaction, you know? No, for sure. I definitely feel the same way. Like I prefer like in person, cause mm-hmm. like, you know, like you were saying, and also how I feel, I feel like, you know, you're getting the whole me, um, you know, we're feeling each other's energy. Like I'm, I'm seeing the reaction on your face as I'm performing, you know, whatever role, you know, you give to me. And it's just, yeah, exactly. I just feel like it's way better, you know, and plus that's, that's just the performer in me, you know, before I was, you know, an actor, I was a hip hop artist. And it's just like, I'm used to performing in front of live crowds and just staring people dead in the face. And it's just, yeah. So it's just way better. Like a cell tape, you don't feel the energy. You don't Mm -hmm. feel the passion. It's just, you know, recorded. It's like you're watching something on YouTube. And also too, because that was one thing that I had in in like a virtual meeting with an agent. It's like, you're not going to be able to, like, if it's not, if it's a self tape, like, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, I definitely, I do think it's convenient. Like I said, if you, you're not going to be able to do those, like, they can't say to you, I'd like it done a different way. You know, you're just sending in a self tape and then that's it. It's almost like you're throwing a spaghetti at a wall. Yeah. You often don't even hear back either. You'll just like, I hope they got it. Like, you know, if someone wanted me to do a movie in another state, just so I wouldn't have to pay to fly out at first, it's better for that. But I think in general, in person, when it's possible, is better. So you mentioned background work mm-hmm. and I wanted to bring up, do you think like eventually, especially with the whole pandemic going on, they're going to use more CGI than actual real people? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, so far, because I've done some background work since since um, after this and stuff. They're using, in general, less people, I think. Um, even with, like, guest stars, like, they're having um, less people. They're trying to have less less people on a set in general. I haven't heard of them using CGI yet, but, I mean, I guess that's possible. That would be a bummer because it's another source of money. But um, I, I really don't – maybe for some, some pictures – but I don't I don't know of that yet. I could be wrong. Though. Yeah, no, it's it's very, very scary. Yeah. How like things are moving forward. And, you know, not just with acting like, you know, artificial intelligence is also going to oh, yeah. come to like retail stores and, you know, take over their cash register instead of an actual person yeah. working the register. So it's, it's something we definitely have to pay attention to because like more people are going to lose their jobs. You know, enough people are losing their jobs as it is. Oh, yeah. Now it's like. I feel like it's, it's especially in the arts industry, it's like there's, I mean, there's jobs here and there, but it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely a little scary. So definitely, I didn't even think of that in stores. That's, I don't know if I'd want an AI helping me pick out clothes or something. Great. Yeah, would, would you like help on aisle three? <laughs> that's creepy. I don't, I don't, mm, that's creepy. Also could be wonderful if the robots are listening. I'm cool with you, robots. No, for real. Like, I don't want no static or beef with any robot. Yeah. I seen that Will Smith movie and it doesn't end up right. It's just it's just really scary. Like, you know, we can't predict what the future is going to be. And we're just like stuck here, like wondering, wow, there's a big ass pandemic going on. Oh, yeah. I'm just I wish it was. I mean, we can't, you know, make it that way. But I wish it was. I, I cannot wait for it to be over. Obviously, that's everybody. But yeah same how do you feel about the vaccine um i think it could be good i think um i I have uh at least two friends who are nurses who one of my friends who's a nurse uh took the first dose and she's doing fine yeah i think it'll be good i think you know something my dad was mentioning he's probably right is some people are going to get this and then they're going to be like oh i don't have to wear a mask anymore and that's not really how it works i think yeah do it i i think i mean hopefully you know if it if it um once it's more administered it would be great i mean i'd love to get it um 
but I think it's going to be, it sounds like it's been a slow rollout. And of course with this administration, you know, nothing really goes right. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's so true. And like, aren't you happy that Trump is like finally fucking gone? God. Yeah. I mean the day, like that was one of the greatest days in New York last year was, was just, uh, and I guess it was, was it like two months ago now in November when Biden was officially the winner. And it was just like a day of parties. It was like a day of, and I don't mean like, going in small rooms without mass parties and nothing like that. I mean, you know, all of us who had marched, we marched to celebrate this time. So it was just feeling of like euphoria. Like some people were saying, I think in in the media that it was like, you know, after D-Day or something, after the war was over, like people were just really, really happy. And I remember saying, hey, hey, goodbye, like on the streets. It was just, you know, everybody was just so happy because, you know, finally. So I just, I can't wait till, you know, he's gone. Seriously, how do you think the inauguration is going to be? You think he's going to be super petty? I don't know. I mean, I, you know, just the whole thing with, you know, how he's still because I figured that, you know, it's it seemed like Biden was going to win. But I thought, oh, there's going to be some way he's going to subvert it and, and cheat, you know, and I think if he was smarter, he probably would have cheated and stayed in somehow. But um, it's just frustrating to hear how these Republicans, you know, uh, are basically doing treasonous things and trying to say, oh, the vote, the vote is not right or something. So I guess we'll we'll see what happens with that. But it would be really nice if he could just be gone now. Seriously. And speaking of evil ass Republicans, (laughs) fucking Mitch McConnell. I hate him so much. Like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> like, what I just, the fuck? I, don't, I think he's undead or something. I don't think he's, like, he's not, like, it's just, he's just not, like, uh, I, I wonder how he keeps getting voted in. But at the same time, I'm sure some of it's voter suppression. I'm sure some of it's, you know, people who can't get to the polls to vote. Because there's no way everybody in that state wants him. It just doesn't seem logical to me. But I don't know. Yeah, I was saying the same thing. I was literally saying the same thing. I'm like, people cannot be that stupid. No, I have a feeling, yeah, I have a, well, some of it could be education, but I have a feeling that, you know, just seeing how we're learning more about voter suppression this year, I'm sure that happens there, too. And, you know, people don't get the day off to vote. So there's probably some people who couldn't get off of work. Who knows? That is true. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. And what's really interesting is I was reading, you know, when I visit my family, um, they always, you know, they have a subscription to The Times. And I was reading and there was an article about polio and when the polio vaccine came out. And they mentioned notable people who had polio. Apparently, Mitch McConnell had polio. So I'm like, how long has this man been alive? Seriously, I feel like he's been around since fucking George Washington. I'm like, motherfucker, yeah, don't you die? Maybe, <laughs> like, maybe he's the maybe he's the spirit of one of the racist founders. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, or I yeah. wouldn't be surprised he's part of like a secret society, like Freemasonry, some shit like that, where like they drink fucking infants' blood and just to live oh, like true. longer. I just, I don't understand, like, being so, like, hard. I don't think he has kids, does he? I'm not sure. But I, does so, he have a wife? He has a wife, but I, I've heard she's also very corrupt. So I think that's part of it. But um, especially these people like, you know, like Marco Rubio and stuff who have kids. It's like, don't you want to be a better example for them? Like, I don't understand, but I don't know. Here's my thing with um the right. Yeah. I feel like they have good intentions. Mm. Like, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate. That's totally fair. Yeah, but... They are so backwards with the times. Absolutely. Yeah. So I definitely feel like, you know, everything like they, you know, preach and say like, yeah, you know, don't rely on the government, work hard, you know, 
build the business, you know, and they, you know, they focus on the economy a lot, which is, you know, it's good. It's, it's good to focus on the economy and, you mm -hmm. know, you know, grow as, you know, as an American, as a successful American. Exactly. But on the other end, you know, they don't realize the real issues that are going on in like inner cities. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, homelessness. Yes. It's just a lot of things. And it's just that's like my biggest problem with the right. They need to really get with the times. I remember like um one of the Republicans, he was saying like, oh, when they first gave us the twelve hundred dollars, he was like, twelve hundred dollars is a lot that can last you for an entire year. I'm like, what? And you know, these people would never be able to survive. My mom goes, she's like, we should give Mitch McConnell $600 for a month and see if he can survive. And he wouldn't. So. No, he wouldn't. Did you no. see what they did to his house? They vandalized it. Oh, really? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> and, they, and they put, where's my money? <laughs> I heard that people have been Venmoing him for asking for money. And I think that's genius. That's hilarious to me. Wait, he has a Venmo? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just someone who just using his name. I seen it online i'll have to check it out myself but i think that's pretty funny if it's true i don't know but i did not know he got vandalized that's it. yeah nancy pelosi too they vandalized her place too he's i mean to be fair democrats i'm not going to say they're perfect either they're not oh no they're definitely not perfect no. I, here's my <laughs> issue with the left <laughs> I'm, I, so i'm gonna be totally fair i'm gonna be like a centrist right now my problem with the left my biggest problem with the left is definitely they're trying to take away our freedom of speech Hmm, interesting yeah and i feel like they're definitely like, especially like on social media if you notice like a lot of people you know especially like comedians you know they like to joke around here and there and you know they write like a funny post and then all of a sudden facebook just bans them for like a couple of days and it's just it's fucked up and the government on the left have a lot to do with it and i just feel like you know it sucks like people should say you know what they want we can you know separate the hurtful speech between like you know just you know just cracking a joke speech. I think so. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's just like what I think. I just think, you know, the left should, you know, just go easy on the freedom of speech. Like, don't fucking censor fucking everything. Like, you know, I understand, you know, there's children out there, but, you know, that's the parents' job to, you know, educate them, like, hey, you know, this is, you're too young for this, you know, mm -hmm. watch a cartoon or something, you know, because, you know, it's good to have like edgy humor and just, you know, people just being blunt about things instead of, you know, people just getting really sensitive about everything. I think, I mean, I think it's really difficult with, with social media now, because I mean, you're younger than me, but I, not to sound like an old lady, I, I didn't grow up with like social media. I think Facebook started like in college, maybe. And I think it's something that's so hard because you can you can read something and get really hurt by it, or you can say something and not mean it, like you said. So I think it's a really difficult like thing to navigate. Like I don't know what's right or wrong, how to like you know to say what's right or wrong about it. I think that um, and people don't know the full story. Of course, there's you know with the right, they have their conspiracy theories as well. Like on yeah, the, but yeah, I mean, I think it's I think sometimes the internet has become a little. It's a little. It can be a little scary at least as far as, you know, discussing things, I guess. You know, political discussions are always a little, like, I'm sure I've gotten very heated in political discussions online. We probably all have. But, um, and I don't know that that really does anything in the real world, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's tough. Because definitely you want people to have freedom of speech, but um, it also, you know, you, you want to also, I guess, you know, of course you don't want any hate speech. You know, you got some of that and you, you want to, you know, respect people's feelings and stuff, but it's, it's hard. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know about Facebook banning either because I'm not really on Facebook much anymore. So 
Yeah, but neither yeah. am I. Like, I'm mostly on, like, Instagram. And there's a new app called Clubhouse, which is really great. There is a dark side to it. Not a dark side, but there's a ratchet side. So they have, like, the really conscious rooms talking about, you know, business, investing, you know, uh, real estate, and, you know, how to build your brand. And then there's, like, the really, like, ratchet rooms where there was one room that had, like, a fucking moaning room. And, you know, a bunch of people were just moaning to each other, which was hilarious. I mean, that's, I mean, I guess that goes back to freedom of speech. As long as it's consenting adults, I guess, then, you know, if that's your thing. Again, as long as it's adults. Cause on yeah, the- yeah, no, yeah, no, it's definitely, it's, I believe it's 21 and over. You have to be on that app. But I'm sure that you, then, then you run into the problem of like, is there a kid that hacked it and got in? Because you never know how old people are on online either. That's another like issue, you know? But because um, like, I didn't have Twitter when I was a kid. I couldn't go online and just say this and that forever. So, but yeah, I mean. If it's adults, then, you know, have fun with your moaning online, I guess. <laughs> now, nah, people are just crazy. It's it's very entertaining. I don't know. It's just hilarious. But, you know, it's a great app, though. Like, for networking, it's good to connect with, like, different people. What's it you called? Know, Clubhouse. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, and no, I definitely recommend it. Like, you know, and it's good to talk to, like, people who are like-minded like you. And you can, like, literally go on for hours and hours just talking about, like, things you have in common, which is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. Man, but like social media, I definitely feel though, you know, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. You get what I'm saying? No, yeah. I mean, I think too, you also, you know, I mean, if you've got people who are really famous, they're going to have someone run their account, which I personally would love if someone did that for me because it can be exhausting making those posts saying, putting all the right hashtags for your photos or whatever. But it can be, it just, I mean, it can be good social media, but it also can be bad. And I'm, Almost at a point where if like if I was famous enough, I wouldn't have it. <laughs> oh, same. Same here. Like you said, I would just have somebody work all my shit. I'm like, hey, post the next Kush Chat podcast, post exactly. the episode. It just, <laughs> like, it's annoying. Yeah, it's definitely annoying. It's even it's just there's also like, I mean, there's some good things, but there's also a lot of like hateful things and like people are mad and it's just it can be very draining, I think. So it's a mix of good and bad on there because there's definitely some good ways to connect and but yeah, if, if I'm ever very famous, someone's taking over my account. Sorry, guys, it won't be me. You know what's funny? I feel like definitely people, like human beings overall, they definitely argue on social media more than they do in real life. Because it's, it's like the battle of the minds. Because mm-hmm. everything you write on social media, it's from your mind. It's not like what you're saying. And I think it's too, it's easier to like, you know, be mean to someone online than, than as opposed to in front of them. You're not going to probably say, you might not say all those things when you're so tough and there's a computer screen between you, you know. And you can also get really mad and maybe say something you you don't mean. And then it's just, it can be, I think, especially during the pandemic with less to do, I think more of us were online more, or I was probably too much. So, you know, you weren't the only one online, trust me. <laughs> was, everybody, I, everybody was online. Yeah, I kind of noticed after a while, I'm like, you know what, I have to take take a step back from some of this because it was just taking up, it was not productive, you know. So um, I, I can understand that how there's like, it can be a problem, especially because we all want connections, especially during the pandemic. It was like, we're all like kind of, you know, segregated alone and stuff. So I, it kind of makes sense. But I think it's something that, you know, if you can get sucked into too much in an un- unhealthy way, at least for me anyway. No, for real, that ass. Did you watch the um Social Dilemma? I didn't. I should. I've heard it's good. Oh, uh, no, it, it definitely is. And I don't know. Social media is just one crazy, like, alternate universe it that, is- you know, we're just getting used to. I just know that, like, I mean, I personally don't think I want them. But if I ever had kids, I'm, they're not allowed on social media until they're older. Because I just think it's just, it's it's a mess. 
Oh, I'm 100% with you on that. I'm like, motherfucker, you better get your ass to the park. And <laughs> I feel like socializing is very important. I feel like, you know, us as human beings, we don't socialize anymore. But that's what's cool about that Clubhouse app is that people mm-hmm. are actually, you know, talking to each other yeah. verbally and not writing a fucking text messages. That's I feel true. like we text people more than we verbalize and communicate with people. Absolutely. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I agree. Yeah, no, it's a scary fucking world. It's scary times we live in. And you think Elon Musk is going to take people to Mars? I think Elon Musk would take himself to Mars. I don't know if he's going to take us poor people or if you had enough money. I wonder about that. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I mean, I don't know that going to another planet is going to like, then, then the humans will go there and pollute that place. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, know. you know, who knows if there's aliens and who knows if we can take on the aliens. The aliens <laughs> might can fucking blow our brains out. Well, I mean, I feel like if there are aliens, and there probably are somewhere, they probably aren't interested in us. They're probably like those idiots. Like, we, they ruined their planet. Just stay away from those Earth people. <laughs> Seriously. And they were like, did you see who their last president was? Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> God. 50 to 100 years from now, maybe 200 years, whoever's, like, studying, like, U.S. history, they're going to, like, turn... It's not. It's definitely not going to be a textbook. It's going to be, like, some no, sort no, no, of fucking no, tablet. It is. Sorry to, to jump in, but my friend who's actually... She, she lives in Germany, and they already have a textbook that's got stuff about Trump. So it already is in textbooks. Oh, shit. Stuff, like, analyzing how he got in there and stuff. But, yeah, it's, it's already... He's already in history books. I'm sure not in the best light, but... Yeah, it's that's disturbing to me too. Yes. That's crazy. But imagine like, you know, 50 to 100 years from now, you know, people in the future who had no idea what happened during this time. Mm-hmm. And they're just reading about how Donald Trump, who was like a reality star, so just became president. It's so embarrassing. I don't <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Yeah, like they must be like, "Yo, like who the fuck like voted for this motherfucker?" I know. I don't know. Oh, but it is a celebration. It is a new year. Mm-hmm. Like, life is amazing. Yeah. You know, and I feel like, you know, as bad as shit was, I'm pretty optimistic about things. And I feel like life is a balance. So as bad as 2020 was, I feel like 2021 is definitely going to be a great year. Oh, definitely. And I mean, as, as horrible as 2020 was, I mean, I got to connect with you, with JP. I mean, I did, you know, learn things. I feel like so there was I feel like there was still good, you know, even in a tar- dark time. So I feel like there's usually like, not to belittle any horrible things happening, but I think there, there's usually little sparks of at least some goodness in there that, you know, you can look at. So now I ask every single guest okay. I have on this show, this question, okay. are you ready for this question? I don't know. <laughs> have you ever smoked weed? Allegedly I might have. I mean, I think personally, I think that all of that needs to be legalized. It's embarrassing. Facts. New Jersey has it legalized it and we haven't. Woo! So, yeah. I feel like that can make Jersey better. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, now I'm going to visit Jersey maybe a little more often. Hey, you know, and it's, you know, there's so many benefits when it comes to marijuana. Like, you know, I just don't look at it. As it you know, I don't look at it like a fucking just a recreational drug. There's definitely like a lot of benefits and it has helped a lot of people. I think too, and it's, it's, I mean... I'm not a big alcohol drinker because of like, I have a sense of stomach. So I don't think it's really, and I, I feel like alcohol is a lot more dangerous in a lot of ways. Most definitely. So it's weird to me that that's legal, but pot isn't. And also I don't really understand totally how you can say you can't eat or do something with a plant that comes out of the earth. Like you just shouldn't be able to do that. Like that doesn't make sense to me. 
So, and uh, I know places like uh, Boston have it legal and then they're able to tax it and that's more income for the state. So, and more, you know, more business and more people can get, you know, be employed and just work at a dispensary, which is amazing. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And plus they're getting the fucking discounts. (laughs) I hope so. Uh, Do you have anything else in the works? As part of, I'm part of this, uh, this new play called the archway and unfortunately, I don't know when it's going to, there was going to be a stage reading happening, but obviously it was boned. So hopefully when theater comes back, whenever that is, that'll happen. Um, trying to think, uh, but not, not like a ton that I can think of offhand, but the podcast, I guess, was the biggest thing too, because I really kind of missed connecting with like other artists and talking about the arts. I really do miss theater a lot. Though. I really miss being able to go to shows and just live performances. What's your favorite Broadway show? Um, my favorite, like of like of all time. Uh, I don't. That, that's a that's a tough question. I got to see uh, Slave Play twice. I saw it um, because what's really great about that Jeremy O'Harris, who wrote it and like produced it and everything, like he made the t- tickets actually affordable. So I got to see it like for like forty bucks the first time, and the second time he was giving away tickets for free on Black Friday. Like he came to Times Square and he was handing them out. So what that was really cool so i got to see that i'm trying to think if there's um but i feel like i see a lot more off broadway you know because um when things are back to normal they'll do uh they'll do most of the theaters that are off broadway which are really good theaters and they'll often produce things that are edgier and more interesting anyway than broadway no offense to broadway there's great on there as well but they'll often let you usher for free like and you'll get to see the show for free rather if you volunteer after. so i've seen some great productions at like classic stage um they did a uh, revival of Breck's Resistible Rise of Arturo Ui was really good, um, maybe like two or three years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really like getting to see the new works and stuff like that at, at some of the off-Broadway theaters. And also another thing I really missed this year, there was no Shakespeare in the park over the summer, which is one of my favorite things. So Damn, but hopefully, you know, things go back to normal. I'm hoping with the vaccine, you know. Yeah. Off-Broadway shows do reopen. You know, a lot of people, like, you know, get to perform their art because it, it sucks. Like, you know, being in a world without, like, live performances is just awful. And it's just, you know, a lot of people just, like, love going to see, like, a live performance just, you know, to take stress off their fucking mind. Absolutely. And it's that's that sense of, like, meeting people in real life, too. It's, like, getting to... Getting, getting out there and like meeting people and socializing. And um, I mean, a Zoom stuff is cool, like Zoom classes or whatever, but it's also just not the same as being. Yeah, it's not the same at all. It's definitely not the same. I do know like once things do go back to normal, I know it's going to be like the biggest celebration of all time. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. I think it may take some time, at least for theater, it probably will be mid to the end of next year. I mean, it'd be great if more people wore masks and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, I think it'll take time, but I remember reading that like uh, after the plague of what was it, 1918 or whatever year it was, um, that, um, that you know, that the theaters in, in England closed, but then they reopened. So it's been through it before. So I'm sure we'll come back. I just hope that this also makes people realize how important the arts are, because I feel like we're kind of the forgotten even though, oh yeah i mean it, throughout this pandemic what was everybody doing watching netflix watching entertainment at home so it's like you kind of can't live without us <laughs> yeah that is true and us creatives even though a lot of shit shut down for us we mm-hmm. still found a way to create exactly so that's and that's something that really helped people so hopefully people will remember that especially when things get back to normal like support like the arts in your area and stuff like that if you can absolutely last question what do you want your legacy to be 
My legacy. Damn, that's a big question. Um, I would just like to be able to be, you know, more successful in my art. But my legacy, I would say would be, you know, my friends and family, just having great relationships with them, you know, friends like you and JP, I think not to be corny, but I think that's the biggest meaning of life is getting to um, have great people in your life. I think that's the most important part overall. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So tell the people where they can find you. You can find me pretty much anywhere. Well, I mean, virtually anywhere. <laughs> you can uh, find me on Instagram. It's just Johanna R. Grisset or Johanna Grisset. Um, um, on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, the podcast is called um, Johanna's Artbeat. Um, or if you just search my name, um, it's on Spotify, Apple now. And I'll be certainly be making more posts. The first episode is going to be me talking about the show The Mandalorian. Because um, like I said, I'm going to be reviewing some shows and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm usually, um, I've got, I usually try to update myself on social media and stuff like that. So you can find me. And I also, oh, sorry. I also have a website now, johannagrisset.com. Hey, plug it in, plug it in, plug everything in. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so it's, it's just J-O-H-A-N-N-A-G-R-I-E-S-E.com. Very simple. Awesome. Awesome. My sister, thank you so much for being on this podcast. This no, was this great. Was fun. Yeah, no, I had a blast. This was great. Um, we shared a lot of gems and, you know, put a lot of information out there. And I wish you nothing but success on your podcast. You're going to kill it. Just keep going, stay consistent and just do it. Fuck yeah. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a great night. All right. Thanks, Young.